0: So, we're in a series going through the book of Joshua, and in um, the title of it, Good to Great, Moving from Good to Great. And, uh, and last week, we saw them cross over the mighty Jordan River. We saw the power of God on display. They have now moved from the wilderness, which is picture of a picture of a Christian who was just you know, you're just kind of winging it. You know, just kind of going through the motions. You know, it's just good. You know, you know, you're not growing. You know, you're not seeing victory in your life. You know, maybe you're here and there, you see a victory, you know, and, you know, you see something, but it's just not, it's just it's kind of settled. You're in the wilderness. And, and now the Israelites have... Finally got out of the wilderness after wandering for 40 years. And now are they're going to start experiencing spiritual victory, spiritual greatness, moving from good to great. And my prayers for our church is that you don't just stay the status quo. That you don't just settle for less, but that you would pursue God's best for your life. And uh, so here we are, we cross over the river. We are now in the promised land. And one thing that you'll learn, now that we're in the promised land, you know, which is a picture of the victorious Christian life, you're going to still have your ups and downs. You know, you're still going to have challenges. But you're going to have a different way of living your life. You're going to start living in victory. You know, and so there could be times in our Christian growing up that we're going to hit a wall. Have you ever hit a wall? Yeah, I've hit a wall. You know, I, I mean, we hit a wall in multiple different ways. Maybe you're at work, you know, and you've had a big lunch, you know, and and, and cutting, you know, quitting time to five o'clock, and you know that three o'clock, right? How I many of you know what I'm talking about? That three o'clock, you start to feel. Like you hit a wall, you know. It's like, man, I need an extra shot of coffee, <laughs> you know, just to get me through a Monday afternoon. I I, I hear you. We hit a, we hit those walls. We hit those walls working out. You know, you hit a wall. I, I um, I, I remember the first time I ran a 5K race. In fact, it was in Howell, Michigan, and it was the first time I've ever ran 5K. Period. I've been training myself to run. I got up to about 2.5, you know, about two, 2.5 miles. But I've never ran a 3.1 mile in one, in one shot. And so um, a friend of mine said, Hey, let's go run this 5K. I know you've been running. And I said, Okay, well, I've never ran 3.1 miles. Well, you know, this would be a, a good chance to run it. And so I remember going to the race. It was a nice, beautiful morning. Saturday morning, driving over to Howell, Michigan, and, and we started running. And of course, you know, I, I'm, I'm doing well. I'm doing great. I, I, I've got the pace going on, it, it, things are good. But then I hit that 2.4, 2.5 mile, where that's the most I've ever ran, right? And, and then I can start feeling a wall. You know, and I'm like, okay, I've got choices here at this wall. I can either just stop and, and, and just fall on the ground and just take a nap for an hour. You know, or, 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 or I can just walk the last mile. And, and that, you know, as a young 18, 19-year-old, that, that wasn't a good look. You know, you know, in my mind, I'm thinking, okay, you know, I can't, I, I got to finish this thing. And and, and and about that 2.5 mile mark, it became a mind over matter. So I was going to push through no matter what. And I'm running with the guy that brought me to the thing. I'm running with him, and, I, and I, I feel like I'm running out of gas, and I'm hitting that wall, and then just, I just say, okay, Scott, just, you know, don't you give up on it. Don't you quit. Don't you chicken out. Right? So I got all these voices in my head, and all of a sudden, I just, Took off. The guy running with me was like, what, what, you "No, know, I just, I, I just, I'm just gonna do this," and I, and I pushed hard, and I'm getting there, and I'm getting to that last, you know, couple hundred yards to the finish line, you know, and and, and people are cheering and saying, "Yeah," you know, they got people down there, and and I, I I mean I'm ugly running right now, okay? I mean I'm just, you know, I've never ran this far. I'm, I'm, I'm all of a sudden got, I'm just pushing myself to, to, my, to my limit, and, and, and then 100 yards, I just lost it. Now, what I mean by lost it, I, you know, lost it for the whole world to see. And people were like, ew, oh, that's like, oh, oh, you know. And uh, now we're talking about ugly, I'm talking about ugly, ugly running here. And, uh, and I remember crossing over and I finished, I finished the race. It wasn't pretty. I wouldn't allow a wall to stop me from finishing that 5K. Walls. We all, we've all hit these walls. I don't know about you, but I know sometimes in my prayer life, I hit what I would call a prayer wall. A prayer wall. You know, you know things are going well, things are going good, things are happening. I'm praying, God seems like he's moving. And then all of a sudden, I feel like I've hit a dead end. I feel like God, you you, you quit listening. And you feel like God is not doing anything, that God is not interested, that God is not involved. It's a dead end where it looks like everything is impossible. And you feel like giving up. You feel like giving up. Well, today, this morning, we're going to learn that there is no wall that can stop God's word in your life. And so you got the children of Israel, they're in the Promised Land, they crossed the Jordan River, and they literally, the very first thing they did, after they crossed the Jordan, they ran into the wall, the wall of Jericho. Now the city of Jericho wasn't a very big city. You know, it's kind of a small population. You can actually go there today. You can actually see the ruins of Jericho. You know, but the walls were enormous. The walls were huge. And and, and see this mighty, giant wall. Now, before we get into chapter 6, I want to talk about walls. There are two things that you need to know about walls things that you need to understand because if you don't understand these two things about walls, then it will cause you to quit walking in faith, quit praying and asking God to move. You've got to understand these two things about walls. Number one, walls, they block our perspective. They block our perspective. So the Israelites, they've been in the desert for 40 years. They finally get into the Promised Land. they finally alive. Right? They're thinking, "Yes, this is going to be great. This is so amazing. You know, we're we're in the promised land. This is the land of milk and honey. It's going to be pretty sweet. This is going to be a great ride." But then, right away, they see this enormous wall that they need to conquer. Now, I know some of you are thinking, "Well, maybe they could have just skipped that." But, you know, God had commanded them to take over and to conquer all these cities. So if they skip Jericho and, and go to the next city, well, guess what's going to happen? Strategically, they're going to be trapped from the enemy behind while the enemy in front. And so it just makes sense to do the domino effect. And the first one in the dominoes, in the line of dominoes, is the, the city of Jericho. And can you imagine being an Israelite? Israel coming to the promised land. You know, you here you're going to have to have a battle, and you have no idea what the battle's going to be about. You know if, if, you know, if I'm God, you know, and, and I'm going to, you know, uh, I'm, I'm going to give uh, them an easy task. Maybe a little village, no walls. But God put them right away into Jericho, and they looked up that giant wall, and they probably thought, man, I might die trying to climb this wall. And if we you know about walls and warfare, you know, if you were in the wall, if you were on top of the wall, you've got the advantage. Someone try to climb, you know. You're just shooting, you're shooting your bows, you know, your arrows at them, you know. Or, or you could, you know, pour the oil boiling hot oil and you could just kind of dumping on them. And, and, and so, you know, these guys are like, man, how in the world are we going to climb this wall? This wall looks immovable, unbreakable. Impossible, and that's what wall does to us. Walls block our perspective. It's really hard for us to see what's what's inside the wall. We don't know what's on the other side. We we don't know how we're going to get around it. And, and, And so it's easy when we're really close to a wall in our life to lose perspective. This morning, some of you are starting to lose your perspective because you've hit a, a wall of worry. Maybe, maybe there's a worry about your health, a problem that you've got going on in your life. You've, you, you've hit a wall of worry. Some of you, maybe you've hit a wall of depression or a wall of, of grief. You lost someone that was close to you. And it's a grief. This wall has overwhelmed you. Some of you've hit a wall in your marriage. You've hit a wall maybe at the workplace, in the marketplace. You've hit a wall, and you're starting to lose perspective because all you can see is that wall. You know, the Great Wall of China, one of the seven Wonders of the ancient world, thirteen thousand miles long. You know, just to give you a perspective here, you know, from New York to L.A., it's almost three thousand miles. This wall, thirteen thousand miles long, it took them twenty-five hundred years to complete this wall. Twenty-five hundred years. You can look at it, you know, it's it's amazing. And it's not flat, not a nice straight line. You know, it's up here in the mountains. And a lot of the Great Wall of China, that's that's how it's set up. And, And it's incredible to think that they started this before Christ, rolling this all the way into, you know, about 1200, 1300 AD. The technology, it's nothing like we have today. And yet they successfully pulled off this incredible giant wall. In fact, it's one of the only man-made objects that you can see from space. From the International uh, Space Station, the Great Wall of China, you can see this little line just kind of cutting through, zigzagging across China. And here's what I want you to know. The Great Wall of China is nothing compared to the greatness of our God. And your wall, whatever wall you're having, whatever wall you're looking at, is nothing compared to the greatness of our God. Like I said, some of you are just too close to the wall. And, and that's all you can see is the wall. And, and But if you get a God-level perspective, you can see that the wall, it's really small compared to the greatness of our great God. That's why worship is so important. Worship, not just on Sunday, not when you just come to church, but throughout the week, worshiping to your music, Christian worship music. Worshiping God through the reading of His Word. The more that you dwell on Him, the more that you to spend time with him, the better your perspective of your wall. The Bible says in Jeremiah 32, verse 27, I am the Lord. I am the God of all mankind from beginning to end. Is anything, is anything too hard for me? God is saying this. God said, no wall is too tall for me. No wall is is, is too big for me to handle. I'm bigger. God is bigger than any problem that you face. In fact, the wall that God sees from his end is almost nothing. Nothing is too hard for him. And so when we come to worship, Start to change your perspective. We begin to, you know, worship is focusing on God. That's what worship is at at the core. It it literally means taking your eyes off of yourself, getting your eyes off of your wall, getting your eyes off of your problems. You focus on who God is. In fact, some of you, you're doing that today, right now. You came to church today with your wall, you came here and and, and and this wall, you know, that burden, it crushing the life out of you this morning. But then God begins to lift your spirit. God begins to lift those burdens through the worship that we had this morning, through the teaching of his word. You're being encouraged by others. You realize that you're not alone, that there's others that with you and they're praying for you, and the more you worship, the more you focus on God and, 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 and less on yourself, the smaller the walls become. And God becomes greater. God wants you to know this morning that there's no wall too tall for him to tear down. But here's the second thing about walls. And you gotta understand that because if you don't get there, it could cause you to give up. Quit praying. Quit expecting God to show up and do something. Walls look like problems that shouldn't be on the path. Walls, they look like problems that shouldn't be on the path. Now again, the Israelites, right, they just experienced a miracle of the Jordan River. They've seen God's power on full display. They must have been on cloud nine. Like, all right. They they probably felt invincible for a few minutes. But then, they hit a wall. You know, isn't that true about us? Sometimes sometimes we've, we've crossed the Jordan in our life. You know, we're all pumped up because of the miracle of what God just did, but then Boom! All of a sudden, there's another mess called Jericho in front of you. Come on, you go to your life group, right? I mean, we've seen it. Go to your life group. and say, man, I got praise. God is so awesome. God is so good. He did this. He did this. He did that. But then the following week, you're like, man, what happened? God, I thought things were going well. But things start to fall apart. And you're wondering what's going on. You're wondering what God is up to. And that's how often life works. One miracle followed by a mass. Because the next miracle needs a mass in order for it to be a miracle. And that's exactly what's happening here to the Israelites. Sometimes we're just following God. We're praying. We're going down to God's path. We're going through in his will. And we hit a wall. And we're like, wait a minute, God. What's going on? I've hit this wall. You know. I, I'm doing all the things you want me to do. I, I thought things were going well. I thought everything was happening the way it was supposed to happen. And, but then all of a sudden this curveball thrown at me, this wall, and it seems impossible. I, God, it does not make sense. And, and, and we begin to think that we're either out of God's will or God doesn't know what he's doing. But walls, and you need to know this, Walls are part of God's will for your life. You've got to understand that. Walls are part of the path that God has put you on. God has put those walls in your life. He you said, well, why? What for? It's because the walls causes us to fall. See, when everything's gone great, and I'm going down God's path, I'm doing everything that God wants me to do, and then I hit a wall, I either fall on my face or I fall on my knees. Most of the time, I'm falling on my face. And very quickly, I get on my knees, and I start trusting God. I start trusting him. Because without walls, hit the reality, without walls, I would never pray. I would never walk in faith. I, 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 would just, I would just, you know, think, hey, everything's going perfectly fine. I've got this on my own. But then, when the walls hit, it causes me to say, God, I need you. God, I need a miracle. God, I can't do this on my own. God, I'm trusting in you. I need you to open this door. I can't do this on my own. It's the walls that keep us on our knees. It's the walls that teach you to walk in faith. Without walls, we would never learn to walk in faith. The story, you know, honestly, it's just... I, I haven't really shared a story before, but in 2014, you know, our church, and by, and by the way, in 14 years of our church, we've had a lot of dead ends. And a lot of times where I said, God, I, I feel like I said dead end. I feel like we're doing it every time. God's forcing me on my knees. It gets me down my knees. Says, God, I don't know what's going to happen. I don't know how this is going to happen. 2014. We picked one of those dead ends. I, I I was we were setting up tearing down at Lutheran High North and 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 um, just doing our thing. And one day I got a phone call from a guy that was attending a the church in this building. Church, he calls me up and said, hey, I'm one of the church members. I've heard good things about you, about Lake Point. And our church is down to less than 20 people. And, 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 and they're gonna, we're, gonna, about to, we're about to foreclose on this. And it's going to get taken back to the denomination that the church was at. Then they're going to take ownership of it. I said, but I'm, I'm, I'm hoping, what I'm hoping to do, Scott, is I'm hoping maybe I can get the, the people, in, the, the last 20 people in the church to maybe just, you know, turn over the note. and You just take over the note. What, what do you think about that? I said, well, I think that'd be wonderful. I mean, you know, I've never been in your building. And he said, well, why don't you come over? I, I'll sneak you in. <laughs> So he gets it in the building. Me and my wife and a couple of staff members at the time walking around, and we see the potential of it. I said, "Man, this is this is great. What do you think? You think this can happen?" He said, "Hey, I'm going to work hard. I'm going to get this. You know, I'm going to see what I can do and get the people to just, you know, turn it up. They're going to lose it. You know." And I and, and said, "Well, you know, if, if it God will, we'll make this happen." He said, "Yeah, yeah. Well, I'm hoping I'm going to make it happen." Well, about a month passed, and and and. You now they decided not to move on it to kept it and then and then foreclose so you know the build I was in our hand of the denomination our uh, local uh, conference and so I called him up I said hey I understand the building is empty and that you own the building is it possible for us to buy the building and so while well, you're part of the, denom- the denominations and well, no, I said, so, well we're, we're not we don't want to give it away outside of our denomination. And so, in fact, we're going to keep it for two years, and, uh, and we're going to look and find someone within, maybe a church plant or another church that wants to take it from within. And it's okay. So, two years. Uh, uh, so, I started praying. No one was here. You know, the building was becoming an eyesore. We were fighting everywhere and, and for two years, uh, and uh, and and. It's crazy, I'd, be, I'd come by and just pray, you know, sometimes if I didn't have time to stop, I, I'm driving by it on Van Dyke, I roll down the window, put my hand out the window, and in Jesus' name, give us this building. <laughs> A year went by and nothing happened, and, you know, and, and, uh, and so the second year, still nothing happening, and um, I was at a breakfast or a lunch, I'm sorry, a lunch in Dearborn with some pastors from visiting pastors from all over the country. And uh, they wanted to hear the different planters in our, in our region. And I was just considered a church plant do at that time. And let's just got to tell your story and what's going on. And how can we pray for you? I said, so, well, you I not tell my story? And then they said, hey, now I'm praying for this building. I know it's kind of crazy, but we're praying for this building. And uh, so they prayed over the, with me, and they prayed, and one of the pastors from Columbus, Ohio, who said, hey, uh, my flight, not till five o'clock, how far is Shelby Township from Dearborn? Oh, I said, it's about a good hour, you know, maybe. <laughs> he said, right, let's do it. You got time? Uh, well, yeah, I guess, you know, I mean, uh, you no, know? well, I want I want to see this building. You know I'm really excited about it, Pump, You know, it's got a big church down in Columbus, Ohio. And, and so we drive up here, get to the back park, and I said, wow! Ah, we, we tried to get in, we couldn't get in, you know. You know. And, um, you know, but we looked in the windows, and he said, man, I believe God has this for you. I said, really? He said, oh, yeah. I said, let's pray, let's, let's pray. He said, oh, yeah, let's pray. You know, he started praying. I said, hey, God, let's, let's start walking around. Let's, let's, do the, let's do the Jericho walk. <laughs> you know, we walk, and I said, I don't want to pray too much, and the walls to fall down. That's not good, you know. <laughs> he prayed. When some time, he takes off, and I wish I could tell you that I got a phone call within five minutes of, of saying amen. I wish I could tell you that, you know, that, that it all worked out back then. In fact, shortly after, that denomination did find a church. And they moved in here, and they were here for a couple of years. And, I, and, I, and I, let me just be honest, I, I, I quit praying. I mean, I didn't want to pray for the church to fail. I mean, I mean how, how, how terrible would that be? You know, I just, okay, God close that door, and time to look on. And, and they moved in, and they did some wonderful things. And and, and, and and then, you know, with circumstances, you know, they had to close their doors in 2019. We heard about it. And we were ready to make an offer. But sometimes those dead ends, you hit those dead ends and you say, man, God, I don't get it. I thought, that, I thought, you know, I, I've got people praying and think, man, God sometimes comes through in his own ways, in his own time. I'm going to give you three quick thoughts, three quick thoughts here about walking in faith. Number one, keep walking in faith to put the promise. Gotta walk in faith to possess what God has promised you. Joshua chapter 6, verse 2. The Lord said to Joshua, see, I have delivered Jericho into your hands, along with the kings and the spidermen. God said to hey Joshua, Don't worry about Jericho. I've already delivered them into your hands. The battle's already done. You know, all you have to do is just take it. But there's the problem. Look at verse 1. Go back. Verse 1. The gates of Jericho were securely shut, barred, they threw away the keys. No one was getting in, and no one was going out. God said, Joshua, I've delivered Jericho into your hands. But Joshua looked up. All you can see is this huge, mighty wall. God said, I've given you this promise that you've won the victory because of my power. And here's the deal. Here's the deal. You have to possess what God has promised. Just because God promised me something doesn't mean that I just automatically possess it. I have to step in faith what God has promised. And that's how God always works. God tells Joshua, hey, this is yours. In fact, God told Joshua in another part of the scripture in Joshua. He said, every place where you and your feet step into, it's going to be yours. And so that's what Joshua did. He would step over here in faith. And then we would be able to claim it. God said, the promised land is yours. You just have to step into it. You have to step in faith and he'll step over here. He will step over here. He will fight a battle. He would trust God and just trust God and take, take step of faith that God will give him the victory. And so for, and you, for you and I to move from good to great, the victorious Christian life never stop taking steps of faith. Now, Satan doesn't just lie down and make it easy for you. He doesn't just let you have everything that God wants to give you. So you've got to keep taking steps of faith. You've got to keep moving. And God fights the battle for you. So Joshua looked out, and he sees the wall, and God said, the victory's already won. Now, as a Christian, you need to understand that you don't fight for victory. You fight from victory because Jesus has already won the battle. And we fight on the basis of his victory over sin, death, and hell. So let's get real this morning for a minute. Let's get practical. What do you do when, you, when what you see doesn't line up with what God said to you? What do you do? What do you do when God has said, hey, I want to fill you with joy? But you're filled with a debilitating depression. And you can't see any way out. What do you do when God says, I'll I'll fill you with my peace? But all you feel is an overwhelming anxiety that you can't seem to get rid of. What do you do when he says, I have given you the victory, but you look around and all you see is defeat? What do you do when he says, I have given you wonders, and all you see is a wall? What do you do when what you see doesn't line up with what God says? Just keep walking, you keep walking, you keep walking. You get other people involved in your life. You get other people to care carry you, you get help, you don't do life alone. You keep walking, you keep praying, you keep trusting in God, you keep walking in faith. You don't give up until you possess the promise. But number two, you keep walking in faith even when you don't see progress. You keep walking in faith, even when you don't see any progress. Joshua chapter 6, verse 7 to 11. He ordered, Joshua ordered the army, advance, march around the city with an armed guard going ahead of the ark of the Lord. When Joshua had spoken to the people, the seven priests carrying the seven trumpets before the Lord went forward, blowing the trumpets, and the ark, Of the Lord's covenant, follow them. Remember, the ark is the picture of the presence and the power of God. It's a reminder that they weren't doing this in their own strength, in their own might. They're doing this in the strength and the power of God. And the armed guards marched ahead of the priests who were blowing the trumpets. And the rear guards, they were following the ark. And all this time, the trumpets were sounding. But Joshua had commanded the army, do not give a war cry. Do not raise your voices. Do not say a word until the day I tell you to shout. Then you'll shout. So he had the Ark of the Lord carried around the city, circling at once. Then the army returned to camp and spent the night there. So they marched around the city, right, one time. They blew trumpet the whole time. It took them about an hour to do the march around the the walls of Jericho. Then after they did that one lap, Joshua tells everybody, go back home to your camp. They go home, nothing happened. They do this for six more days. Every day, they get up, three blown trumpets, they circle around the city of Jericho, and again, nothing happened. Blown trumpets, no talking, all right? Now, the younger generation in the room, they'll be like, no problem, we a text, we don't talk anyway. Well, if the phones were back then, you know, that's what we would have told them, no talking, no touching. okay? <laughs> no talking, no touching. y'all be quiet. The trumpet could be blowing, and just walk. And then on the seventh day, they march around the city six more times until nothing happened after six times. Nothing happened. They haven't seen a thing happen. They marched six times once every day, and then six times, six hours on the seventh day, nothing happened. Now, if again, if I would have been God, because I, I like to motivate people. This is the way to motivate. I, if, if I would have been God, and on day one, after they walk around the city of Jericho, I want to let them know that something's happening. Knock down a couple of bricks. And people are like, ooh, see that? God is up to something, right? Day, day number two, if I was God, I would have just knocked up maybe a couple more feet of bricks off the top of the wall. Just, oh, man, oh, man. I mean, talk about the motivation. It's like, whoops, all right, we're gonna to get to do this again. By the time we finish, this thing's gonna be down. That's not how God works. What God works, He did nothing. They did nothing. They kept walking and walking, and then they see one brick fall. What do you do when you're praying for a miracle? You're praying for God to do something in your life, and you don't see any progress you're circling around that problem. Or somebody have been circling around that broken heart, that hurt, those, those damaged emotions in your life. You're just circling around, you've been praying, nothing seems to get better. somebody have been circling around that marriage. Your marriage problem over and over and over again, you've been praying, you've been circling, nothing happens. You keep, you, somebody have been praying for your kid that's going in the wrong direction. You've been circling around it, you've been praying, Nothing seems to happen. What do you do when you're praying for a miracle and things get worse? What do you do? Again, you take another lap of faith. Take another lap of faith. Leaving the result to God. By the way, when progress is not obvious, that doesn't mean that God's not working. just Just because you can't see It doesn't mean that God is not working, that God is not doing something. Oh, he's working. God is at work. You may not see it. You know, sometimes you can't see anything happening to the wall in front of you, but something might be happening inside of you. God is preparing you for the wall to fall. God is doing something. What happens when you're praying for something and it gets worse? Do you give up? That's what we normally do. We usually give up. God says, I'm teaching you how to walk in faith. Real maturity is walking in faith despite The result that you see and leaving the result to God. My job to obey. My job to obey. It's God's job to come through and do what he wants to do in his time and in his way. It's number three. We're finishing up here. Keep walking in faith until the walls fall down. Joshua chapter 6 verse 14. So on the second day they marched around the city once. They returned to the camp. They did it for six days. Nothing happened, right? On the seventh day, they got up at daybreak and they marched around the city seven times. In the same manner. Except that on that day they struck the city seven times. Again, they got down to number six, nothing happened. The seventh time though, six in the seventh time around, when the priest sounded the trumpet blast, Joshua finally commanded the army. Shout, for the Lord has given you the city. And at that moment, the Bible says that the wall fell down and gave the Israelites the victory that God has promised to Joshua. Let me me ask you this as we kind of wind up. What would have happened? What would have happened? If the Israelites had stopped that Sith, they, they would have missed the miracle. They would have missed the breakthrough. Now some of us, if we're not careful, if some of you have been there, you have you have given up. You have stopped. At six. My takeaway for you this morning, for this week, don't stop at six. Some of you have stopped at six. Don't stop at six. Keep praying. Keep trusting that God is at work, even when you don't see it. May I encourage you to keep walking, to keep walking, to keep walking in faith, and then when you can't walk anymore, you crawl. You keep going. When it's tough, when life throws its hardest curveballs at you, when the wall seems immovable, when the wall seems impossible, we say, God, I still believe. I still believe. And I'll keep walking. I'll keep walking. I'll keep walking until the walls fall down. It's your time. In your way, in your perfect plan, I'll obey. I'll do what you want me to do. And I'll trust you, God, with the rest. Don't quit, my friend, until the walls come down. God, we love you and we thank you for a powerful lesson about walls. Some of us who came here today with walls that are questioning us. Walls that are just overwhelming to us. God, I pray you have to help us to keep believing, to keep walking in faith. God, I pray that we get other people in our lives to help us, to keep us moving. God, help us to stay stay in your word. God, even when it doesn't make sense, even when life doesn't seem like it's fair, don't give up. We don't quit. We keep walking. So God I don't know who that might be today, some of us that might have thrown in a towel. I pray that they pick up the towel. I pray that they keep going. I pray that they bring other friends in their lives, other people, godly advisors to help them to walk through, to keep walking. Don't quit. And peace at night.